Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com What's up everybody? We are back with the Hip Factor. Uh, we got the whole crew, myself, Jeremy Reed, Mr. Jeff Coffin, and Mr. Sasquatch. There's like, I don't know if I've ever asked this, how many people call you Sasquatch versus Jared? Most call me Jared. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's, That's ridiculous. Do they just not know that your name is Sasquatch or what? No, I normally just you know, crush the heads of the people who say that in person. Yeah. That's That seems reasonable. Uh, so, yeah, we're back with the... Uh, with the full crew, what do you guys got, Jeff? You were you had to go back for a second drink tonight, um, so it yeah, must be something yeah. great. No. It's it's just my my cheap favorite, the Evan Williams single barrel with Super a nice cheap. big cube of ice. In yeah, it. yeah, a nice big cube of ice, nice and cold, nice and smooth. It doesn't hurt too much when I drink it. Doesn't it, hurt, it, dude. It was just. It was hitting just right tonight, so I went and topped her off before we started. That's yeah. good. I'm glad. How about yourself? Uh, I tonight I have uh, this uh, dry fly wheated bourbon that we bought at Macadoodles uh, in Missouri. Yeah, 120 proof. Um, I had some rare breed earlier tonight, but that's what we got. That's what we got in the old. The, Glen yeah, King the dry fly tonight. was good. That was a good one. Yeah, I mean, for for as young as that distillery is, like this is only like a three year old weeded bourbon. It's it's pretty good. I look forward to seeing them in the future. I think they're going to put out some really good stuff in the future. Yeah, yeah. As as someone who is like doesn't have a very good palate, like as far as like I can't taste much and everything, like <laughs> that whiskey just like overall, it just had a good flavor. Yeah, like, I'm not going to tell you what what notes and shit was in there, but it tasted good. Yeah. I mean, like, the majority of when I have, like, whiskey, it's more just, like, is this enjoyable? I mean, sometimes, like, if I'm sitting out, like, with my buddy Bob and, like, we're talking about it, then it's like, oh, yeah, like, what like what notes are you getting on it? But the majority of the time, it's just like, yeah, this is really enjoyable. Yeah. So that's totally, totally acceptable. Yeah, and, and generally for me, it's, like, 100 proof, 90 to 100 proof is... It's just enjoyable. Yeah. And this was, you like this one. So this one's at 120. Uh, yeah. So, you but know, that one was pretty good. Yeah. And weeded bourbons like are often, was, people like weeded bourbons. It, that one was like, I, I think it was kind of sweet. Like it kind of mm-hmm. had a Swedish flavor to it. Yep. That's kind of, that's generally what you get with a weeded bourbon. You get a little bit sweeter a lot of times. Yeah, that was that's that was definitely the case with this one. Sure, Jared, you got your water. Nope, oh, yep, sticking with uh, good old fashioned water today. Okay. Have you still been? Have you still? We haven't talked. We didn't talk with you last week. Are you? Are you still waking up early and going to work out? 
Yep, in the day they can. I didn't this morning, but I got back uh, from the summit. At yeah. like I don't know, it was probably a little after 9 when I got home, but I was super wore out, but then I couldn't sleep, so I didn't go to sleep until like 11. My alarm went off 5.30 this morning, I'm like, nope, I'm going to sleep in. Yeah, that's kind of understandable. Yeah, I hear you. So... We have a couple of things that we need to cover in today's episode as far as the Summit, and we need to cover Bighorn. So those are the two main ones. If we get through those, which I don't have much faith that we will, um, then we have a massive amount of topics and questions in our Discord that we can go over. But first, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're not following us on social media of your choice, please do so. Facebook, Instagram. Or if you want to join our Discord, there will be a link, or there's been a link in the last couple episodes if you want to go hit that link. Um, As soon as I can figure out a good way to put a paywall on the Discord, that will be happening. We have enough people in there, it will become exclusive to uh, our our community, basically. Um, It won't be expensive, but... And if you're in right now, you'll be grandfathered in if I can figure out how to do that. So, uh, cover that. Also, at the beginning of this, you probably saw a Shooters Connection ad. Um, Shooters Connection has sponsored this episode of the podcast, so we appreciate them. We have a link uh, to their store in the description. If you'll use that link, support the podcast, support Shooters Connection, much appreciated. And that, I believe, is all the housekeeping. Y'all have anything else? Jared, uh, did you have something that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. So uh, many people are probably familiar with uh, Hinning Group. Makes uh, base pads and grips and stuff like that for our sport. Uh, I was talking to Hinning today. He is actually releasing, well, this is uh, Monday the what 24th or 5th, we're recording 25th. Yeah. So sometime this week he is actually releasing a new holster hanger and new single stack pouches. So... Definitely uh, check those out on his website. Uh, obviously, if you have any of Hitting's products, he's very meticulous on his machining. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking out the holster hanger. So, what is the the holster hanger? Is it like something that's already out, just with a twist on it, or is it like a new concept? You know. So, from from a little bit I've looked at it so far, the the best I think I could describe it is that it's going to be a fully adjustable hanger, but, like, no ball joints or anything in it. So it's uh, it's a neat design. All right. And it's called, I think he said it's uh, called the T-1000. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, you just got to, you got to buy that hanger just so you can say, I have the T-1000. T-1000. I think it's, uh, I think it's not going to be cheap, but I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had, like, somebody, like, I don't think I've ever heard of somebody saying they had a problem with, like, the manufacturing of one of Henning's products. Like, it was, like, the quality was not good. I don't think I've ever, ever heard that from anybody. Uh, No, his his stuff's been pretty good. Like, I've got, uh, I don't know, my main, like, dry fire mags, you know, they've had his base pads on them for four years now, I think. Since uh, yeah. what, like twenty twenty eighteen, I think. That's is he p- making a base pad for the Canic? 
Uh, I think so. Is that dropping? I don't know. Why don't you text him and be like, Kenning, I need base pads because these plastic ones break all the time. Well, I have Taylor Freelance ones, but I would rather have Henning ones. Yeah, those would be cooler if he makes them. Let's see. Just because I know Henning, so that would be cool. But I think he was he had talked about working on some. You know, he makes the extended ones for the Canic, right? Mm-hmm. Because he sells those, right? Yeah, he sells the uh, 140s for carry optics. Yeah. Yeah, I know he had talked about the just a normal like production base pad. But I didn't know if he had he had put it into production yet or anything. I hadn't heard. I figured I would have heard or somebody would have he, talked about it. He probably does. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing I'm just on his website I'm seeing the extended like the 140 ones for the Canic. Yeah. But I'm not seeing just a a standard standard base pad for it. And I'm actually curious how that's going to work with the Canic base pads. So if you get like the standard Canic magazine that doesn't have the plus two on it, mm-hmm. then it'll come with like a, a uh, what's it called? The the plate that goes at the back of the spring, spring plate. Yeah. Uh, it'll come with that. But, you know, like a normal like SFX Canic, it comes with like all the mags come with the plus two on them. Mm-hmm. And those you, mags d- don't come with a spring plate that's usable in like one of those base pads. You should be able to just buy one that fits like a CZ mag or something or a Beretta mag or whatever. Yeah. Uh, should be, if it's that like, if it's that size of mag, like a standard nine millimeter sized mag, yeah. it'll probably work. And I'm sure the, uh, I think it's Springer makes a metal one and it would probably work as well. Yeah, metal one would be cool. Because if you buy the base pads for the Canic from Taylor Freelance, they come with a 3D printed one. Mm-hmm. And that bad boy will shear off and break pretty quickly if you drop it on a hard surface. So I had a, a guy that I work with redesign them a little better and 3D print me like 20 of them. And that's what I've been using in mine. But, I mean, they break too. They're 3D printed. But I just have so many spares that it doesn't bother me too much. But, yeah, you drop it and then the force just shears off the the pin that's holding it in place. Yeah, I don't think 3D printing is probably a good thing for that application. Like, I've I've never had a, a standard plastic one that comes with a mags break. Yeah, I haven't either. But, the, but if there's not if that's not an if option. If you buy an SFX, yeah. If you buy an SFX, you don't get those. Yeah, but you should be able to buy one for somewhere that'll work. I'm I'm sure there's options. Well, you should be able to do a lot of things, Jared. <laughs> but sometimes you just can't. All right, I'm done. What else? Did you have something, Jeremy? Oh, I was just gonna say I don't I don't think you said like. Uh, like, please like, like, comment, subscribe. Like, if you're on YouTube, uh, comments on there. We try to respond yeah. to those best we can. Any sort of likes. If you're on YouTube, you yeah. haven't subscribed to us. 
go ahead and subscribe to us. We're hopefully going to be putting out, I've got a video about like a range bag stuff to go onto that here coming sometime soon. And so hopefully we're going to have more and more videos on YouTube. So, so go jump on there if you haven't. Yeah. If we could each do one of those range bag deals, that'd be pretty cool. Cause I'm sure we all have a little bit different, different setup. Like the range bag that I run is the very first range bag that I ever bought. I still use it. Yeah. So, and it's from Walmart. Of course. If you're surprised. (laughs) Of course it is. You know, the one I use is a, uh, one I picked up off a prize table that was actually, I'm sure it was donated by Shooter's Connection because it's one of their bags. Nice. I bought mine, but. It's because you're rich. You just freaking buy stuff yep, all the time. Just, well, I, yeah, and not at Walmart either. I think I got mine when I was like B class, so it was, you know, for a nice solid like 30th place finish or something area match or something man that's that is the great thing about like like if if you're if you're not like quite winning like divisions and stuff it's you're kind of you're kind of newish to the sport and like you're needing like range bag and stuff like that like the prize tables often do have those things on it uh mm-hmm. in to honestly kind of for the people like if you've been in the sport for a while you've probably already picked up a range bag some way somehow uh either you won it when you were yeah. coming up or you you bought them or 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 whatever, but yeah, uh, yeah, the prize tables are really good for that. Yeah, or you've been in it long enough that you're picky and you have a preference. Yeah, so you're just gonna get what you want. Yeah, but if you're you're starting out, like that's a great way to, to pick up gear to try things out. I mean, it's how I tried out the the hunters HDs, hunters HD Gold. Yeah, you won those at Area Four table. a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yeah, so. Yeah, that so that stuff's. I mean, that's really awesome when it can help out like that. Yeah, you know, we do need to do a review on the walk stool as well. I mean, it's in do my. It. I mean, like it's. I mentioned it in my in my video. Perfect. All right, so Jared, you did mention this, like you were at the uh, PSTG Summit. I think it's the P- it's PSTG Summit, right? Isn't that yeah. what they call it? Yeah, pra- it's uh, yeah, Practical Shooting Training Group Summit. Uh, I think they still describe it as a uh, sharing of knowledge, essentially. Uh, so this year it was in Omaha, Nebraska, up at uh, Joel's Home Range, Eastern Nebraska Gun Club, I think is what it's called. Um, and the, the format that they use for it is they basically do pairs of instructors, uh, a three hour block in the morning, three hour block in the afternoon. Uh, everybody's in, everybody ends up in all the blocks, all three days kind of, you know, combined together working from, you know, a little more set, uh, standard shooting stuff. And then it kind of builds on it over the course of the, the class, uh, I'm sure several of our listeners are probably members of PSTG, so I believe yeah. Joel will be getting the, the various blocks videos up in the near future. Uh, but it's certainly a it's a very interesting training method, and if I wouldn't say it's necessarily a replacement for a class, but it's a it's a great way to get access to a lot of different instructors and their information in a formalized setting that's all going to be guys that are you know pretty serious about getting better 
Uh, so the, the instructors there that were this year was uh, Rob Epinani, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, Andres, uh, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Try it. Yanopoulos yeah. or something like that's Yeah. a different last he, name. He's been uh, on this show. Yeah. When I Jason still, was on here. I still don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think. I but Andres is good. Um, Joel was obviously an instructor. Ben was an instructor. Uh, Wanzi Kim was there. And uh, Malin uh, Hall was there as well from down in uh, Jeremy's great state of Texas. I'm sure you've probably bumped into him a little bit. Him and uh, Kimmy, he shoot quite a bit. Like maybe only one. Texas is big, man. Ah, no one cares about Texas. Um, but yeah, so like I said, the, the first day was kind of focusing on a little more, you know, the fundamentals of shooting, I guess you'd say, uh, it was kind of the focus there. Then the second day, it was a little more, the stuff really, so like on the second day, Wanzik was really, was teaching like on his confirmations, different types of confirmation shooting and how to apply it into, you know, what you're shooting. And Ben did a a block on like how you it's the right way to say it probably how you approach a a stage as far as like what you're looking at so like looking at a spot and going to that spot you know, looking at a spot on the target it's kind of the foundation of his uh, I don't want to give too much away because obviously you, know, you need to go check out the videos to see it uh, but it's a it's a fun learning experience and obviously it's great to get out of town for a few days and hang out with all the guys. Uh, you know, Joel is a, a great host on stuff like that. So he had planned dinners each night. So everyone could go get together, eat dinner, talk about shooting and non-shooting. It's, it was a good time. So like how many people were at this thing? I think there was, 25 or so students. Um, and then was it six instructors, seven instructors? Hmm. Maybe a little bit more than that. So, somewhere around that. And what's the cost yeah. for it? Uh, I'm not sure what it costs. So um, I was just kind of there being a bum with Joel. Oh, okay. You know, I kind of thought in the past it was almost like almost free like basically like there was an administrative it, cost but it wasn't like a it wasn't like a $300 yeah, thing I, in the past i don't know if that's still still the case i i don't i don't think it's a, a money maker by any means i i don't know what this year's was but uh when i went a couple of years ago i think it was like 2 or 250 which it sounds like a lot until you think that how many people are well, you know 3 days on the range all the targets all the pasters all the paints you know all that administrative stuff, like I don't see any way that that's a money maker. It's a way to get everybody together in person, probably get some content, share the content, and give something back to the members who are paying to be members of PSTG. So we we built a stage each day for people to shoot on, you know, over lunch or whatever. So training on stages is something that I just don't really do because it's not a good use of like time to build a stage for training. Uh, so it it was nice to. Yeah, so one day me, Rob, and um, Malin 
shot a stage for a couple hours. You know, we'd, we'd shoot a section of it or shoot it different ways and you know, push each other on a little bit. Uh, and it, it's good to, I, I, this wouldn't be the best way to train all the time, but it's certainly a valuable thing to do when you have the opportunity because it's just not something you do a lot. You know, shoot the same stage three different ways to see how it works or you know, try to do two different stage plans. Um, the yeah. refresher on Wanzig confirmation. Uh, so, you know, anybody that's familiar with the, I think it's in the books too, but off of PSTG is like confirmation one, two, and three. So it's uh it's good refresher. And then uh, the way Ben, I, I don't want to give too much away there, but essentially it's, uh, confirmation one is basically just like focus on the target outline of the gun, shoot the trigger. So it's generally what you do on like a five yard target or something, you know, you're not like with the sights real hard. Confirmation two is more like, yeah, you see your dot, you know, the dot of your red dot or your front sight fall back in the notch. Confirmation three is, you know, like super stable sights in broad, yeah. simple terms. There's a lot more to it than that. So I certainly encourage you to, you know, check it out in the in the books. I believe it was mentioned in the last uh, Ben Steger book, and then it's obviously on PSTG. And then uh, I did yeah. like the way Ben taught his block specifically on like how he approached teaching, like looking at specific spots. And it really keeps it shooting. It's a very beneficial block. Uh, that one would be probably to me one of the more interesting videos to make sure to check out from that. Okay, so there might be a slight uh, delay or something like that here. Uh, technology and uh, recording from multiple different places, uh, things just things just happen. So basically, what I where we left off in the last uh, before we got kicked off was we we Jeff and Juanchik and I sh split an Airbnb for 2019 Nationals, and none of us had basically ever met the other people. Pretty much like it's just like, hey, you want to share a house? Like, yeah, yeah, hey, do you want? And like, so we met up, and that's why I found out that Jeff like drinks Frank's, like, I mean, Frank's on everything, like, that's just how he seasons his food. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was interesting. And so, yeah, there would have been, there were like, if we just had like a recorder going, like, there were some great conversations, uh, I feel like. Oh, yeah in that house. I yeah. don't remember a lot of them cause I have amnesia, but like, I feel like there were some good conversations there. Yeah. Do we actually talked a lot about like religion? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. we definitely did it was, that. It was really interesting conversation for three people that had never hung out before. We're just like, let's get into these conversations. Let's get into these, these deep topics. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, and that I mean that was I mean to me that was partly why that was that was a fun match just because like you did like you were rooming with like three people that sometimes you room with guys and like like they they don't really care about having any sort of like deep comment like it's just like can we hang out drink a bunch of beer and like eat a lot of pizza and just like mm -hmm. like burp and fart a lot right like and that's and that's fine and like that 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 can be fun too uh, but. But also, like it's it's fun to have like like have like real conversations with people that, especially if you kind of don't know them, because you'd never like. I mean, now knowing Jeff, like, yeah, like 
you don't know where Jeff's going to come from, like with his perspective, because he's he's so like ambiguous isn't the right word, but just like he's so like mm-hmm. open and like willing to hear like other different ideas about things. Like, like he doesn't necessarily like he will have an opinion, but he doesn't necessarily want to have an opinion. Is that like <laughs> is that fair? I don't know if it's that fair or not. Oh, that's fair. Sure. Anyway, and of course, it was you have good, me, it was a, and I have an opinion about every. Like, even if I don't know anything about yeah. it, I can form an opinion like real quick. Yeah. First gunsmith <laughs> to ever have an opinion on everything. Yeah, it's shocking. First one. <laughs> yeah. Very shocking. I was. I, I don't remember who it was. I was talking to him, and they, they were saying stuff about about different gunsmiths. And I was like, from what I've gathered from gunsmiths, is they all have like one of their person's work that they really respect. And like they have the person who taught them, who they also think does a really good job, and then like nobody else is worth a shit at building guns in very general terms. That's probably, I mean, yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> the gunsmithing world is so is so interesting. Uh, I mean, it's it's fascinating. I mean, it's and it's not unique to the gunsmithing world. Uh, like it's it's the same in in any other world, just because people have different personalities like i just came from the bighorn and uh was staying at at my buddy's house with some other people and like like just people that i that i know but i don't necessarily hang out with all the time and so then like like you have this sport is not that big so you have interactions with other people and you have kind of opinions about other people and so you like bring somebody up and like they immediately just like frown or like, like they're like, they're like, oh. <laughs> like, it's like, Oh, okay. So you've had a, you've had this, you've had some sort of experience with this person. Uh, so that's he's talking like, about, he's talking about you, Jared. They were talking no, about you. Probably. probably. Oh yeah. I, Jared was the, the topic of discussion the whole weekend. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, but like, it, I mean, it's, it's so fascinating. Cause like when you're, when you're in like a, a smaller community as the shooting community is, and like you bring like, anybody that's known up in it, like you have to be a little bit guarded, like sharing right. your, like, like, Oh, I really like this person that could immediately tell somebody like, Oh, well, you're kind of an idiot then. Uh, Cause why <laughs> would you like that person? Cause that person's a complete dirt bag because I've had this experience with them or, uh, yeah. or, you know, or, or, or you might, you might have the experience of this dude's a complete dirt bag and it's like one of their best friends, you know, and you just don't, you don't know that that connection's there. Uh, and it's, I don't know. It's fascinating. It is a pretty small world of people who travel to a lot of matches. I mean, like if you look in like your smaller geographical area, you know, say like six hours from your house, there's probably 20 or 30 people that you will see at pretty much all of those matches. And then those same 20 or 30 people are going to be at every match that you also fly to or, you know, drive 12 hours to or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. I I kind of enjoy it. I w- those are the questions where, like I want to dig in. Like, why do you like this person, or why do you not like like what? So what happened that oh, made you yeah, not dude. like this person? I loved it. Like, I love to dig into that sort of stuff. Oh um, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, like that yeah, it's so fascinating. Like understanding why people tick, I guess. You know? Yeah, and if you get into like the guys who are on like the super squad because there are guys on the super squad that are like best buds that like they love shooting together like they've been in the sport for forever together and they love it 
And there's also guys on the super squad that they hate each other's guts. Uh, and it's, and that stuff sometimes, sometimes like, is it, well, do you, you hate their guts? Like, is that legitimate? You have a legitimate reason for hating them or is like, you just don't like them just cause you just don't like them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, which is the case with just people in general. Like some people you're just not going to get along with. Uh, but you, you think they're a dirt bag, but it's really just y'all just aren't going to get along. And that they're, they're probably they're probably fine. And then sometimes they are genuine, genuinely kind of dirtbags, right. right? And and how many of those feelings like started from like some stupid little interaction, right? Yeah. Like it was just some one stupid little thing, and then like it just builds every year. Like someone gets a little bit more snarky and a little yep. bit more jabby, and then it just like to where now we have this like rivalry and yeah all this. Yeah, it's pretty pretty amusing, honestly. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, if we didn't yeah. have if we didn't have this podcast, I feel like you and I could really hate each other. You and me? Yeah. Yeah. Why Why would you no, think I would hate no, you? No. <laughs> that is the right question. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hate you. I only you don't hate, hate anybody. I only hate like one. I think I think I can think person. of one person that you don't <laughs> like that's one, in this sport. One, I think it's just one person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see, but you wouldn't like me. You would think that I was spineless. That's that's what you would. Feel <laughs> me. You'd be like that spineless little salamander. <laughs> those would be your feelings and then you would go to all your super squad buddies and you tell them that and you just all sit there and talk bad about me i could see it i could see it <laughs> i don't think i've ever like described somebody as a spineless salamander but i mean maybe i have well, i don't know that might be the new uh new shit talking combination right there yeah <laughs> I don't, I don't think if like, even if like we had never become like friends or like the podcast or whatever, like, I, like you're pretty, like you're pretty chill, like on the range, like you don't walk around like acting like you're like God's gift to the world. So like, I th- I feel like we would, we would be friends and even otherwise, I don't think we would be like enemies or anything like that. I don't know. I probably wouldn't like you. Like... <laughs> Because you like to argue, you like to argue so much, and I don't like that. Like you like to like argue with, with people that you think are are misinterpreting the rules or the ROs or something. <laughs> like you like to get into it with people, and I'm not oh, about yeah. that. I'm not about that. So if I'm like squad with somebody who does that, I'm like, eh, eh, yeah, We're yeah, I, I could. <laughs> Oh, I could. So, I mean, I honestly, I can, I can very much understand like how like people like don't like me. Like I, yeah, I can, under, I can understand that. Yeah, it's pretty understandable. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Like, like that doesn't that doesn't bother me that much, really, because because there's probably lots of people that I don't like either. So, I mean, that seems seems fair. If I don't if I don't like people, yeah. then they probably won't like me either. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not a people pleaser. <laughs> we got so far off topic talking about. <laughs> but well, we're kind. We're like on the edge of the topic because yeah. 
he was talking about people at Bighorn and like and not knowing what to bring up and how to like if I should act like I like this person or not and, and whatnot. So since we're on the edge of it, let's get into Bighorn. Yeah, so I shot I shot Bighorn this last weekend. Uh, it was it was colder than Ozarks. Um, I got I got a little bit lucky because the the Friday that I was driving in on Friday and I shot all day Saturday, and Friday they had like a right as I was driving in, like it was blowing like thirty miles an hour. They had my buddy Bob was was working the match too, and like they literally had like target sticks, like snap in half. Uh, like it hailed, like it was like hailing on them, like in raining and like blowing. And it was cold. It was like 45 degrees. Um, so it was, it was pretty miserable. A lot of people stopped shooting. Like they, they, they left and went home. Oh, really? was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. We didn't have quite that bad on Saturday, but it was like, I mean, it was a deal that like, Every once in a while, the sun popped out and it and it would get kind of nice, but then it also kind of kind of spit a little bit of rain and got windy and was cloudy and you know kind of those low fifties started started the day in the low forties, uh, maybe thirty nine, low like forty something like that, and it got to around like fifty five, fifty six, and so we kind of got all the weather uh, that that day. It's kind of one of those days where you kind of got got to experience everything. So that it was right for me. It was right borderline on being kind of like Ozarks was. It was just borderline on being cold enough to be miserable, but it was it wasn't quite. It was it was just cold enough to be like there were a few stages where like your gun was really cold, like it was your hands were cold, like kind of hard to yeah. hard to do gun manipulations from that standpoint. Um, but I mean, everybody everybody had it, so it was it was fine. It's kind of the the people who are local there are kind of like they're like why are we having this match here in April like we kind of know that like springtime like this early in the year in Grand Junction like yeah you might get nice weather but you also might get a blizzard like it it's just kind of a right and I think the answer is uh, they prefer IDPA out there and so IDPA has a bunch of matches in May and so IDPA gets preference that's kind of that's that's kind of Hmm. kind of what uh that's my take on things those could be wrong like but that's kind of my take on things so any idea how how that range will be for the uh big nationals in the year i feel like i feel like october could be pretty iffy out there yeah i was a i was a little bit surprised um as late as they had as they put that match out there um they're Again, like first of October, you're probably in pretty good shape. I've been out there the last two mid Octobers and had some really great weather. Um, so like like it it can be it can be awesome, um, but it can I mean it could be it can be cold too at that that time of year. Uh, I don't know, like let's see limited nationals are are like the 14th, 15th, 16th, I think somewhere about like they're right at mid October. Um, I, I don't think you're going to be dealing with snowstorms uh, or anything like that, but, but it could be cool in the mornings type deal. And so it may be, may be cooler than, than what you would want to want it to be. Um, yeah. 
has the, the nice. The one nice thing is that the, they do have like the the big shelters on every bay, like big enough that like pl- like you can you can huddle in and get in if the weather gets nasty for a bit. Like you know, yeah. all your gear is not sitting outside in the cold and the rain, and you're not standing outside in the rain. Like you can get inside, yeah. and that. so that's at least good. And their shelters were like they're more enclosed than a normal shooting yeah. range shelter. They, like, have just doorways to get in, right? hmm Yeah, and it's, like, it's really enclosed. Uh, it's just the doorways that you can get in and out. So they're pretty nice shelters for yeah. the range. It's a nice facility. Um, had the range changed any since since I was there? Or uh, not, from there what, not, for, not from what was used for this match. Like, your experience would have been exactly the same. Uh, they are you can they are building another bank of I think eight bays that you see as you drive in, but those weren't yeah. those were not used at this match. I don't know if those are fully completed yet. Uh, they they looked close, but there may not be. Um, I mean, the range is changing. Like they're they're still doing all they're adding stuff all the time as far as like different disciplines. Like because it's a big property, it's like twenty four hundred acres or something like that. It's a big property. Um, yeah. So they're always kind of adding in different roads to access different parts of that. But as far as the, the action pistol bays, they're pretty well. That your experience would have been the same this year as last year. Okay. All right. So let's get into your match, Jeremy. Uh, I mean, like it wasn't the match I was hoping to have with nationals being four weeks away. I was kind of I was hoping for a little bit better performance, um, and like I like I said on the last podcast, this is kind of like the this was the first time in well since this match last year that there are like any sort of aspirations or expectations of trying to shoot well at a match, and so like that, you know, I kind of felt that a little bit. Um, my f- first stage of the match, like. I, I, it was a dumpster fire. Like it was, it was, I I have video of it. Uh, Leif, Leif Kunkel of GX Holsters was on my squad and his, his wife was there and she videoed a bunch of my, a bunch of my stuff, um, for me. And, uh, that maybe I may throw that stage up on, on Instagram just cause, cause it's, it's so comically bad that it's. I learned a very valuable lesson uh, on that, a very valuable and very painful lesson. Like first stage of the match, like it doesn't matter if it's cold or whatever, like you better own that gun or the gun will own you. Uh, And the gun definitely owned me. Like I didn't grip the gun hard and the gun was going everywhere and I had zero control over it. And I, I donated 10 seconds on the first, like what should have been a 20 second stage was a 30 second stage. So stage two, yeah, I think so. Um, so that was so. Then it's like okay, like you you just ate a lot. You donated a lot of points. Um, John McClain won the match in single stack, and he shot it. He shot a pretty decent match. He wasn't mistake free, but he shot shot a pretty pretty good match. Um, and. Yeah, yeah it's so like he shot pretty consistently. Yeah, he, but yeah, I mean he that shot. was your that was your worst stage. I mean, you just went up from there. Yeah, I had I had like three I had about three dumpster fire stages. Um, 
that were that were pretty bad and there were there were some there were some really good moments and then there were some other moments that were just kind of just too many too many mistakes in them to to be to be all that good um, yeah so like uh like I think so we have a a, a listener question uh that I don't know if you were going to ask Jeff but like his his question and this is probably a like it, when he asked the question was it was good cuz it kind of it's going to force me to like try to take a good outlook from this match but the question is what went really well <laughs> for you Jeremy at Bighorn what aspect of your shooting was just on point and a rocking foundation for the year uh, I want to hear highlights of performance um like that's 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 tough for me like even if I had a good match that's tough for me because I tend to be like pretty critical like right. I mean, if people listen to the show like they probably know that um right and this guy's a long time listener I know that for sure yeah other comments that he's made so he he's kind of got a, I think he's got a, a taste for for how you come out of matches that that you didn't do particularly well I think maybe he's trying to help you here He's trying to guide you down the path of positivity. He, he, like, I think he is. And so like, I don't know who, I don't know his actual name, but potato for hire is his, his screen (laughs) name, which we still like almost like virtually like there's a hundred some odd people on the, on the discord. Like I'm amazed how few of them have an actual name on there. Uh, So like, we're all just like, I'm just guessing on like, on who all, like who these people are. Like, we're just guessing. We're getting a clue on some of them when they submit their, uh, their reload videos right. like it's like oh okay like like you kind of you're getting a you get to see what their face looks like at least but um yeah he's definitely trying to lead me in a in a good direction uh so like with that in mind i started the match off like not in a great mood like it's like you have it you start the match like that poorly and it's like it's hot like i'm just i'm i'm sitting there like trying to like hey don't like don't get mad at yourself like don't like don't get super down like try to stay like try to figure this out but at the same time like it's like you're pissed like like you're just pissed like you drove all the way out there and like you just you basically gave away it feels like you gave away the match uh on that first stage and you like that's not a you try not to have that attitude but it's that's what you're battling with right like that's what's going through your mind um and just kind of the, yeah. the disappointment. Like you're trying, you're not trying to be like, like at one point my morning was pretty rough. Like most of my morning stages were pretty rough. And at one point, Charlie Perez, he won limited. He was like, man, you just don't look like you're having any fun. And it's like, well, tra- like I'm shooting like crap. Like, like, is it like nobody has fun when they shoot like crap and they like, and they actually put effort into the sport. Like it's fun to do well. He's like, well, that's probably why you're not shooting well. You're just not having fun. You just need to have fun. I, and I'm just sitting there looking. I'm like, Charlie, like, I don't know how to like, just like, look at you. Like after, after what my performance has been, like, I don't know how to just look at you and just like laugh and Hey, it's fun. Yay. Like, (laughs) I don't like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't like, I'm like, I, I kind of, I understand what you're trying to say, what you're trying to tell me. Uh, but that like, I don't, I don't know how to just like flip a switch and just be happy. Uh, that's, I don't know. Like some people can do that and I, I can't. So it kind of <laughs> seems like, uh, both the, the podcast question and Charlie kind of what I feel like they're getting at is that if, uh, if you're having a rough go and all your 
focusing on is what's not going well, that's all that's going to continue happening is what's not going well. If you, if all you're looking for is a problem, that's all you're ever going to find. Yeah. And so like, so, I mean, one of the positives from this is that like, I wasn't, I, no, I wasn't, I wasn't like Jolly St. Nick out there, but like, I wasn't just trying to dwell on what was, I was generally, I didn't look like I was having fun because I was generally trying to figure out like, how do I turn this around and how do I shoot better? Like that, like that yeah. was what I was generally trying to do. And so yeah. like, so I was, I was serious from that standpoint of it. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's, there's certainly a bit of the, just you get down in the dumps when you, you have kind of several mistakes in a row, but it, it was generally from a standpoint of like, how can I, how can I fix this? And so one of the positives, uh, like, like there were, there were good stages. Like it wasn't just a total dumpster fire. Like there were, like the first stage, like I couldn't hit a piece of steel to save my life. And there are a couple other stages and positions like that where I just went to war on a piece of steel. And it's like, what in the world? Um, and then there were others, like I like I went like two or three stages in a row and like didn't miss a single piece of steel. And it was like, I couldn't miss. Like it was like I was in complete control of it. And so like that's that's like the good stuff that I need to get to. You can kind of look through my results and see where I shot well. It's like, you know, a whole bunch of alphas and a, a small handful of like, four or less five or less charlies type deal and then you see like i think i had three stages with three or more deltas on them it's like okay well that you can kind of see like yeah he wasn't quite in control of of what was going on there and so uh so trying to remember those things um those stages that that did go well and and just and try to get that so the the not gripping the gun hard like out of the holster like that was that was a big mistake um and that that something probably first stage of the match like you're nervous like when you're nervous like you can't exert as much force and so i may need to put more mental focus into gripping hard uh because like i'm just naturally may not do that um whenever i'm nervous first stage of the match but then I kind of like the the next the the next thing is kind of my big takeaway from this match is is visualizations and so like I I kind of noticed after like three or four stages like hey I'm not like I'm I'm doing like a couple of visualizations but not a lot but even in like even in my visualization there was kind of like doubt like I couldn't like even visualize it confidently like shooting confidently and so kind of thereafter that is like okay you're going to sit here and you're going to visualize these stage over and over until what you're visualizing in your head is a hundred percent confident. Um, and that, that seemed to help generally like that, that didn't fix everything. Like I still had some, I still had some blowups. Um, but that, that generally was, was a better approach. And so that is something I'll definitely be, be taking forward more. That's something I'll be doing more, in practice, uh, is, is, is doing more visualizations before I shoot a drill, shoot a run or anything like that. Um, I'll make sure that I'm doing visualizations there and, and just, and really to practice the visualization part, uh, and practice the performance part as much as I can. Right. Hmm. Yeah. We had a question about visualization. But we should probably not get into that. Yeah, I I would love to uh, like I wish that we could um, 
like hook up like a uh, some sort of sensor to like people's brains, like for their brain activity, like what's going on, like whenever, like when, while they're shooting a stage. Because mm. I feel like, I feel like mine, like when the when the buzzer goes off right now, it like almost turns into just more like, just like panic, go crazy, like, like it yeah. just like like that buzzer goes off, it's like ah, uh, and that's not that's not helpful uh i don't i don't think and so i need to i need to uh i need to fix that right it it's interesting also that people do things um so so differently like like when you shoot um it generally takes you a little bit to get warmed up right Mm-hmm. so like you'll shoot and you'll start off slow and then you might get better towards the end of the match yeah and generally for me uh like this is this happens like almost every match i shoot like my first to second stages are my best of the entire match which is so so strange and then yes. i get i get more sloppy and shoot worse as the day goes on but it's it's generally the like the first part that goes poorly. So I know it's going to be rough when I come out and I have a poor, like first two or three stages, like, Ooh, I don't even know what to do from here. Cause it generally just goes downhill from, yeah. from the beginning. Um, but you know, then the other part of that is, is how, how you manage that. But it is interesting, like how differently people start out matches. Like not everybody mm-hmm. is that way. Not everybody shows up and has to warm up to to doing well. Uh, some people are weird like myself. Yeah. I mean, I almost wonder if the, <laughs> like the nervousness, like that forces you to focus more, like, and you like, like you are able to use yeah. that nervousness to focus more. Whereas for me, yeah. it's like I need to get over the nervousness for, to, to be able to, to use that focus properly. Yeah. And I remember it particularly well, and this is so strange, be particularly well at, when we shot nationals in 2019, that was my very first nationals, and I was the first shooter on the first stage uh-huh. uh, of my first nationals, and I was so freaking nervous, man. Like, obviously, most nervous I've ever been at any match ever. Um, and, but I remember how the gun felt on that stage. I remember like the gun felt like it was a 22 when it was going off. Um, really in, in that stage. Yeah. Like I could see the sights and control the gun so freaking clearly on that stage. And I still, I remember what the gun looked and felt like on that stage, but it was the most nervous and like wrecked mentally I had ever been on a stage. So That's it's a so really, really interesting combination there of, of stress and, and nervousness and my ability. Like when I got done shooting that stage, I was like, dude, I just handled that 40. Like that gun felt like nothing on that stage. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was just a really weird sensation, but I still remember it. Yeah. Like I, I, I mean, I get that sensation, but it's whenever, like, I'm not, like, the nerves are, like, you're 
three or four stages in, right? Like the nerves are gone and you're, you're just like shooting and like things are kind of normal again. Right. Is when that happens. Uh, that's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I've All also right. come to the conclusion that like, uh, I think I just have to work harder at this sport than most people do. Like the people that are at like the top, like, I think people would be shocked how like a lot of the people that are super squad level dudes and how little effort they actually put in, like how, like how little training, like they can, they can put in and still shoot really, really well. Um, like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of shocking. And for me, it's demoral, it's a bit demoralizing because like, well, like you asked them like, Oh, you've been training. Like, no, I haven't shot in like three weeks. It's like, Oh, Right. Like, have you? It's like, uh, yeah, I've been practicing a lot, and then like you go out and they they just like they smoke you, and it's like, well, that yeah, that's that's a little bit demoralizing. Yeah, yeah, I think some of that those two are gonna depend how much experience they have in the background. Also, I mean, if if you've done this for twenty years and you've shot you know two million rounds or something, like you're probably still going to maintain a pretty high level of competency, even if you're not doing much. Yeah. But like, I mean, I've been in the sport for a long time and shot a lot of rounds and I haven't like that. Hasn't (laughs) like, I have not experienced where, where that works for me that I can just like put it down and then just go pick it up and, and do fine. Um, I mean, there is a thing in, there is a thing in just any sort of competition, anything that you do that like, the more effort you put into it, the more you want it, the harder it's going to be to perform on the day that you want to perform versus yeah. the, the guy that doesn't put a whole lot into it. He's, he can swing free, so to speak, to use mm-hmm. that term. Uh, that's certainly that's certainly part of it. Okay, so you told us what, what you struggled with, which was visualization, right? Yeah. That's what you said? Okay. <laughs> So back to this question, which is a good question. Uh, what aspect of your shooting was on point? Well, I mean, I thought I sort of answered that, but maybe I didn't. Uh, I mean, like part of it was that like I, I mean, I thought mentally I did okay. Like I, I mean, like I started the match really from a performance standpoint really poorly and I was still trying to, like I didn't just give up. Like I was still trying to, to shoot as well as I could. Um, the the thing that that was good is, I mean, yeah, there were the stages that were that were really good where I was in total control of the gun and like like that those were those were good. Uh, and so like that's it. Um, but then also like I was there were times where like and this has been something I've been struggling. I've struggled in the past to do like like shoot like start the stage and shoot an array like and it's going poorly and then be able to make an adjustment mid stage and get things like going back on track again um, yeah. that was that's very promising like that you can make adjustments on the fly um, oh yeah so that 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 was that was a good thing to to see um yeah i do that is that's massive like that's experience. That that's yeah. where where that skill generally comes from. 
is just experience. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, I, uh, I mean, like, that, that question is really hard for me to answer. Like, I wish I, wish I had – like something better that I could answer. Um, the, the only, the other positive is that I don't like, I really don't need to get faster. Like I don't, like I don't need to like, I mean, you always, you always need to get faster, better, more accurate. Like you always need to do those things, but, but really for, for my performance to go up at, for, at this point, as far as nationals, I don't need to get faster. I just need to eliminate as many mistakes as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's like that, that is a big plus in the past. Cause in the past, like sometimes I would shoot a stage and like, feel like, Oh, I've, I shot that stage really well. And then you go look at scores and like, Oh, I was like two or three seconds off the pace on that yeah. stage. Um, I don't feel like that's nearly as much the case now. Um, cause like we were shooting with the top three limited guys were on, was on my squad. And like, there were stages where you like you'd expect to be quite a bit slower than them. It's like, oh, my times where I my on the stages that I shot well. It's like, oh, my times were right there with those guys, uh, even with even with a couple extra loads in there. Um, so yeah. that's that's a big positive is that I don't need to try to I don't need to push to get faster. I just need to I just need to eliminate mistakes. Yeah, and there's. I feel like there's a couple of different approaches to that. But, I mean, getting faster is one approach. Yeah. Because cause then you're faster and you could go and shoot what you feel like is a slow stage and it's it's on par with everybody else's time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's one approach as well. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um. I guess that answers the next part of the question, which was your highlights of performance. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, Nationals has like two strong-hand weekend. They have a standard stage, and then they have a, they have two other stages that have strong-hand weekend on that. And we had a strong-hand weekend stage at this match that I crushed. So Good. Mandatory load? No, it wasn't. I, at nationals, there are at this at this stage. It was actually kind of it was kind of like a small field course, but uh, it was one shot on each. So it was eight targets, but just one shot on each. So I mean, it was it was a pr- really simple, really simple stage. But I was able to push push fairly hard on it, which was right. good. Excellent. Um. I think that was the only question we had as far as uh, this match specific. For anybody wondering, um, we, we get questions like specifically for podcasts, again, through the Discord. I know we shield a lot, but um, like when we're about to record, I'll put a post up on the Discord and be like, you know, we already have plenty of questions, but if you have something very specific to what's going on during this recording, go ahead and throw up a question or something that's happened this weekend or something like that. And you, you can put a question up and, and if we can work it in, we will, but we were going to be talking about Bighorn and, and the summit. So questions relevant to those would be covered in this podcast, but all other questions are still in the queue, which is getting quite long. So 
we really yeah, we need to have an episode where we just answer just crush questions and yeah. don't chase rabbits yeah uh, i like chasing rabbits yeah <laughs> i know dude dude every freaking time like we even like hint at a topic you're like so this is actually an interesting discussion <laughs> <laughs> and then there we go <laughs> i love it it's fun which we should. Okay, so the uh, see here we go. We got something interesting. Uh, so from the Bighorn, the uh, the most interesting division at that was the limited division. As far I didn't actually look at open because I was driving. Yeah. They they finished on Sunday and I was driving home, so I, yeah. I wasn't looking at that. But I shot with the like Nils was on my squad. He shot carry optics uh, and he won carry optics. Um, but we had a guy from the Discord who was like. He was like 91% of Nils, uh, I think Viking. His name is Viking on Discord, but I don't. Is his real name Viking? No, it's that, it's that kid. He's from like, I think he's from Norway. He's like 16 or 17, right? Oh, I don't I don't know. You could, We could look at the scores. Second Magnus place. maybe, I think. What did you say, second place? No, I think he was third. Last third? I saw, he was third. Sean? No, I think it was the guy that was fourth. Magnus Crone, I think is how you pronounce the last name. I'm looking it up. The top five are Nils, Hunter, Constantine. Yeah, it's fourth. Sean, the guy that was fourth. Crone, Crone. Magnus Crone. Crone. It's a cool name. I feel like someone told me he was like, he's like 16 or 17 or something, but I think... Somebody told me he's from like Norway or Sweden or like somewhere. Did you talk to him? Uh, he, I've been chatting. He's been chatting me up on the uh, on private message on the uh, on the Discord. Oh, okay. And so yeah, I've been talking to him through there. Uh, yeah, I'm. I met him at Carry Optics Nationals last year. He shot it quite well. I don't remember yeah. what he got, but he shot quite well. I mean, A class, and he's ninety one percent of Nils, and Nils had a. Nils had a pretty good match. Like he, he missed. He had a miss. This is this is good for people to to know. Like there was one target, was one of our, maybe our last stage in the match that was, it was the closest target of the match, the easiest shot of the match, and and Nils went alpha Mike on it. Like, uh, he's yeah. like, I mean, it was literally like three feet. Uh, and he shot it, and he said, as he was firing the second shot, he was looking away. Because I asked him, I said, "Was it, was it just too perfect?" Because I was, I was like, "There's no way he missed it." Uh, he's like, "Well, I was, my head was like this to the left, as my gun was to the right, so probably pulled <laughs> off of it." It's like, well, yeah, probably so. So, I mean, even right. a guy like Nils can miss a target like that close, mm-hmm. and uh, it was surprisingly easy to do. It is. It is. Like if you let your if you let your focus kind of dip just for a second, like you take a target for granted, you're in trouble. Oh. Uh you can you can make mistakes. But so for, for Magnus to be ninety eight and a half percent or whatever, uh as A class, then that's that's pretty darn freaking good. That would usually get you if you're ninety if you're over ninety percent of the match winner in nationals, you're usually gonna be top ten. Yeah. He was 90, 91, 91.4-ish. So, good job to him. Like, that's yeah. a heck of a match. Um, Hell of a good job. 
And then in the uh, limited, limited match was was super close, and it has been close. Like like last year, it was yeah. like last year we all thought Charlie Perez was. I shot with Charlie Perez again last year at this, and he it was. I really think he had a better match. I think he shot a better match last year than he did this year, uh, but he lost out. I think by less than five points uh, last year, and so then this year, him and Kenny Terry was on our squad, and and Bob Crow was right there too. I think Bob was like twenty eight points away from the win, and mm-hmm. and Bob's a guy that like he hadn't shot a gun since Barry's steel open like three weeks ago, and that wasn't he shot a nine millimeter there, and then this like he was working all week, he ro'd all week, and then just showed up and shot, and he was twenty eight points off of off of the win but Kenny was basically kind of like Kenny shot a great match and he was we kind of us and and Charlie had a couple stumbles kind of early not not big but just kind of a couple couple not not great stages and so Kenny was shooting well it's like yeah Kenny's probably winning and then like going to the last stage Kenny shot first and he shot a good stage but it was it was one of those the state it was 32 rounds all open targets but there were some that were at like that 20 to 25 yard range, Ipsic targets, which are just, I mean, it's right at that range where you, it's, man, it's so easy to, to throw a mic. Like it's so easy to, to just, to just pull one off of it. And, and Kenny, he did, he had a mic on, on one of the far targets and he shot before Panda and Panda shot and Panda shot a, a good enough stage. Like he kept them all on there that he kind of overcame, I think, I think Panda won by four points, if I remember it's pretty, right. It's pretty close. Uh, Six. Six points. Yeah. So yeah. super close, super close finish there. And, uh, I mean, both of them shot well, but that was, you know, it, it kind of changed there on that on that last stage. Yeah. That he Did happened to. Kenny, he won it last year, didn't he? I actually think Chris Culpepper won it last year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but Kenny was right there. Ken, like I think it was Chris, Charlie, Kenny, and Kenny was really close. Kenny has been because he was talking about this after the, after the match. Kenny has been like that first loser, like for like five or six match. Like he is he has been second place, like within a couple points, like. Like time after time after time after time, um, I, I just looked last year's up. Gianni won by three points over Kitty. Oh, okay, okay. So last year, okay, there you go. And Charlie was four points behind that. Okay, yeah. So they were all nice. super close last year. I think, and Gianni shot like open this year. I think he's kind of moved to to open division, um, which that's that'll be interesting to see how that pans out, but. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun fun race to watch to see him go go back and forth. And my buddy Bob will be like I mean he was 20 28 points off, but he was just not quite as sharp as he normally is. Like just kind of a little bit sloppier on points and it's just a matter of him just getting a few more rounds on the gun and he's going to mm-hmm. He's shooting single stack nationals and he's going to be he's going to be limited nationals is the one that he really wants to shoot well at and I have he'll be tuned up for that and I think he'll hurt some people's feelings. Coming he from kinda, off the super squad. As he kind of jumped uh, fully back into shooting, I feel like he hasn't been real active the last few years. He 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 hadn't. Like he he uh 
He, he, yeah, he hasn't been. Uh, last year, last couple years, he's kind of started shooting a little bit more. Obviously, kind of COVID kind of – he was wanting to come back in about when COVID was kind of all hitting that kind of kind of screwed everything up. But this year, he's shooting a pretty full plate of, of major matches. Nice. So, yeah, he'll be – he wants to get back into it as full swing as he can. So, I, I got him some oh. – He's got some primers uh, now that that was a little bit of his concern. He didn't have – he had like, I don't know, 3,000 primers, which was like going to get him basically ammo to shoot matches with. Like he, he had bought like a, a single brick off of Midway because you could only buy like 1,000 at a time. And it cost him like, I don't know, 110 bucks to get like 1,000 primers because it's like that's, – yeah. that's just kind of where he was at. But he's got some primers now, so – so that's good. Nice. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be out there hurting people's feelings again. Um, real quick, let's cover production open at Bighorn. Yeah. Um, production. I don't know any of the people in production, uh, which kind of says to me production is no. all but dead. The, the the guy that won it, the name's familiar. I don't know if I've met him or not, but the name's familiar. I think he's he's a pretty solid shooter. Well, he won, so that would make sense. Yeah, again, another match where single stack numbers were basically identical to production. So that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy how quickly that happened to production. I, I'm going to yeah. – yeah, that, it's just nuts. I, I'm going to guess production nationals will be w- really well attended since carry optics is before like a month before it. Yeah. I think everybody that's shooting carry optics will drop their optics and they'll go shoot. They'll go shoot production. Yeah, I won't, I won't go match. on a I won't go on a rant about that. Anyway, top three of production: Dan McNutt, Richard Clare, Kevin. Oh God. That is the last name. Uh, Jeremy, you tackle it. You go for Hold it. Hold on. Let me, let me get it up. This third place? Kiambo. Okay. Yeah, I like it. So that's the top three production. I don't, I don't know any of them, but good job, fellas. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't recognize any names either. Um, Open was a good match. Yeah, so open Steiner one, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, so Steiner of the what was their podcast? Make Ready podcast. That sounds right. Yeah, of the Make Ready podcast has one open at the Bighorn. Yeah, Michael by... Leary uh, is was second. I think Mike's out of. I think he's out of California. Um, I know he's west, kind of west part of the country. And then Gianni, uh, I think he's shooting for infinity. I think he's shooting for infinity now, but he uh, he was. I assume he still is. Yeah, he was. He was third at ninety seven percent. So they were all pretty. Yeah, pretty close there. And then you had uh, Jesse Klaus. Is that right? Klaus. Klaus. I would say Klaus would be how I would say it, but I don't. Yeah, 
And then fifth place, which is Spencer Stein, which he's on. I've been following him on the gram for a while. Spencer's good. Uh, I don't yeah. think he shot a lot the last couple of years either, though, with during COVID times. Yeah, I think, actually, he made a post about going to this match, and it was his first match in 18 months, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that's, that's crazy. It's that a long off season. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's quite the off season. Um, but yeah, he's a pretty entertaining guy to watch shoot. Good open shooter. But congrats to to Eric. I met Eric at this match last year. I don't know that I've met. I don't think I've actually ever met him. Yeah, I've met him once. I didn't really get to talk to him. I just met him. So, good job, Eric. Well, cool. And hold on. Oh. I feel like we should at least, like, mention PCC. Should we? Well, let's mention Revolver first. Did the Williams girl win it, win PCC? Yeah, she did. Uh, Justine. She won PCC, followed by Mason Zier, Zier, and Scott. Wow, that is a last name. Hold on. Oh, I need to see it. Sripapatanavang. Wow. That's incredible. I have no idea. Let's hear it, Jeremy. Sripapatanavang. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. I mean, I don't, I have no idea if that was close, but that was good flow. Yeah, you just gotta kind of, you gotta basically count how many, uh, um, not consonants. What is it? How many vowels there are? And like, so you just gotta make sure you get that many vowels in it and say it fast, and you'll be, you'll be pretty close, right? Yeah, that was solid, solid. Um. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then John McCain won single stack, followed by Mr. Reed and Jalice Williams, so the other Williams sister shooting single stack. Yeah, she shot some impressive stages. Yeah. Uh, I, will, I will say that. She had some stages that were quite impressive. Shooting minor as well. Minor um, would have made this match a lot less stressful. Yeah. Um, like, there, like the, it just – there was lots of – Lots of mini poppers, kind of eight round arrays with mini poppers in it, uh, where you just had to like nut up and and hit stuff. And having a couple extra rounds would have been just a lot less stressful. Did that? That's what everybody says that shoots major. Well, would have been nice to have minor. I think it'll. I think a lot of times. Minor probably is seems like a much better idea for like the average USPSA match. Yeah, but I almost think you have to shoot major if you want to be like truly competitive in nationals. Wait, wait, Henning shot single stack. Yeah, yeah, he's shooting single stack nationals. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Let's try to see. I don't think there was anybody else. I think I think he's coming for Jeremy at nationals though. He should be. He's gonna have to bring it because, if because what I 
what I did at this match is I'm bringing more. I'm bringing more to the table than what I brought at this match. There you go. That's the attitude. That's the attitude, right? That's the attitude. Freaking seek and destroy. That's right. Yeah, we we were talking. Me and Henning were talking earlier tonight, and I think he really enjoys shooting like the low cap iron sight divisions. Mm-hmm. Because like everything, so much of the sport now has been pushed to high cap with a red dot. That it's it's just so much different. Yeah. Uh, but also shout out to John McLean. He's he's been having a bit of a hot streak, honestly, in single yeah, stack he, anyway. He, he yeah, he was third. third at nationals last year. Yeah, third at nationals, winning this one. Probably he not shot. training. Training's not really his thing. I don't think. No, he didn't shoot a whole lot coming in. He didn't shoot his. I mean, he shot PCC at Ozarks, yeah. however yeah. long ago that was, and he shot he shot his single stack a couple times before coming to this, but that's it. John's one of those that he found like he kind of had something click at for him at nationals this last year, uh, where like he was basically just kind of able to chill and just like say like he was like on the super squad and like uh like recognized that he belonged there and like he was good enough to be there and like just kind of like chill and wasn't like trying to push and was just having fun. It's John McClain. Like if you don't know John McClain, you know him because you've seen his pants. Cause like he wears yeah. like the crazy John Daly pants. Like they're literally the same pants that John Daly wears. Uh, they're super loud. And like, that's just John McClain. Like he's always just like cutting up, goofing off and having fun. And he kind of actually was able to do that at nationals this last year and realize, Hey, like I, I actually, if I'll stay like that, then I'll I will shoot well, and so that kind of that worked well for him, and so I think he's he's kind of been able to stay in that that kind of stress free lane, and that has helped him out a yeah. lot. He's also one of those people that, like, I don't know their their shooting approach is just freaking crazy, like they shoot he shoots crazy aggressive. Like looks aggressive. Like I don't, I don't actually know what's going on behind the sights or whatever. But we watch him shoot. I mean, it's like his gun manipulations and his splits. Uh, everything he's done is everything he's he does is like a hundred and ten percent effort is what it looks like. It's like hair yeah. On if fire. you get him on like if you get him on like a close hoser stage, like like him and like Paul Kerr, like. Like that, like they can rage. Um, oh yeah, pretty darn hard. Paul, yeah, comparing him to Paul Kerr would be a good comparison. Yeah, I mean, I think Paul does it. Paul does it like on almost all stages. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like he just rages yeah. on everything, and like it's actually amazing that he still hits stuff. Um, but he does. Yeah. Uh, John was actually like he he stayed. He was pretty in control um, for most of this match. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it, it it worked really well for him. So, yeah, yeah, he he won by yeah, about obviously. a little over five percent. So, yeah, good match for him. That's all I got. We do want to give a shout out to today's show sponsor again, Shooters Connection. We would have given them a shout out in the middle of the show, but that cut out. I don't know how this is going to splice together. So, <laughs> shout out to Shooter's Connection. 
uh, for sponsoring today's show. Appreciate them. I know uh, I ordered some stuff from them earlier this week or uh, a couple weeks ago, and and Jeremy had said he he had just got an order in from them. Yep, just came in today. Actually, it came in. Did it come in today? Yeah, it came. It just came in today. Uh, I mean, it, shipping was fast. The nice thing about it was like I was actually ordering parts for like work, like for my yeah. business stuff, and it was like, hey, nice thing about them, I can order parts for that, some magazines for a customer gun for that, and I can also go ahead and I'm low on pro grip and pasters and stuff, and I can throw those stuff in my order. Uh, whereas like Brownells, like I can't yeah. always get all that stuff from them. And Shooters Connection claims that they ship that day or next day, and sure enough, they they did that. So, like, yeah, it's one thing for them to say that they're going to do it, it's another thing for them to actually do it. So that's that's always nice that you know you can get stuff quick from a company. I don't yeah. think I've ever had, like, an order that didn't ship same day from them unless it was, like, ordered that night or something. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so my, my uh, Pocket Pro 2 – finally bit the dust um i don't i don't think i've talked about this on here before. yeah you, you mentioned it that it was you were probably getting uh, okay. a good timer yeah well it finally bit the dust and that was a sad day since it was the first timer that i bought and i had like soldered it back together at one point as well jeez um, what'd you get what'd you replace it with the what ced one is that okay. right? CD? Yeah. The one that we I, were using at Ozarks that would, like, Bluetooth? No, that's the AMP. No. That's, that's what I yeah, have. The CD's uh, similar looking, but different. Yeah, okay. it's just Okay, it's just the, the you one. got the one that I have. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got that one um, from... Did you get the silicone? Connection. Did you get the silicone case and little belt holder for it? I didn't get the silicone case. I guess I need to get that. You need get the yes because those CEDs. If you don't like, if you drop them not in the silicone case, they will die. They will die. Yeah, like so. Okay. Get the get the silicone case for them. Yeah, I haven't figured out a good way to freaking hold that thing. Well, they clip also. If you get the silicone case, then you get this clip, and it just clips onto your belt. Sorry for the audio, guys, but there's a silicone case and there's a belt clip that holds it, and then it, you can pop it off. The I don't, yeah, I mean, I got the is. clip. I bought the clip. It doesn't work unless you have the silicone case. It works. It works fine. Oh. Yeah, it because it comes with like a, a rubber insert that it'll like hold the. Oh, the okay. Well, then get yeah. the silicone case. You can get rid of that rubber insert, and you just put it on your belt. And yeah, it just lives. Mine just lives on my belt. I gotcha. That's but why this, I this like is, it. Honestly, this is also the first year that I've ordered a hundred targets. Normally, I just order like the twenty-five pack from uh, Ben Steger Pro Shop. Yeah, but they are like out have been out of targets or something. I don't yeah. know. They didn't have any. Um, so I ordered everything from Shooters Connection, ordered pasters, ordered targets. First time I've ever ordered a large, like, 100-count box of targets and uh, timer. Yeah, I got the whole shebang. Shipped nice and quick, straight to my door. And now I just got to go poke some holes in them. 
Fresh clean figured, targets are so nice. Yeah, they are nice. It it gets pretty old, like trying to paste your targets back together. Yeah. You know, the first couple of years I shot, I didn't use paster tape or pasters. I just used masking tape, just like white masking tape. Jeez. That's super <laughs> awful. Yeah, I would post on Instagram and people would be like, dear God, please get some pasters. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty sure I bought a, a paster gun the first year I was competing. Really? Yeah. That just seemed like the smart thing to do, like, right away. I don't have one. I have one of those double alpha deals that you, like, stick the roll in. Yeah. You should buy a tape gun. Like, oh, like $14. I think you have a second one of those double alpha deals. I think that's what I got you off the prize table. Those are one of you. All right. Hell yeah. I can dual wield. Oh man, you can that way you can put some no shoots in one for whenever you shoot all your no shoots in practice. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. I need to get some white pasters. All right, we're rambling at this point. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we've said it once, but like, comment, and subscribe on our videos. Uh, the more interaction we get, the better. And uh, we will catch y'all next week. Peace. Oh, stop recording, damn it.